You are now tuned into Accelerate to Great Podcast with Nehemiah Davis, a podcast for aspiring and established entrepreneurs looking for their next level of greatness. Welcome back to another episode of Accelerate the Great. I'm your host, Nehemiah Davis, and I am extremely excited, one, about season two. As I said, I'm bringing some of the greatest entrepreneurs, some of the greatest thought leaders, and some of the greatest game changers onto our podcast to give you the absolute most value, and so we can help you accelerate the great in anything that you do. This episode is pretty dope and special to me because I'm actually bringing my personal lawyer in, right? So Dom represents a lot of things for my company from licensing deals to different agreements to different contracts. But me and her do a lot of talking just on how to really protect your brand. And the thing that she noticed is how so many different entrepreneurs around the world say they have a brand, but they don't own, they don't own the LLC. They don't own the trademark. So I'm like, yo, Dom, I need you to actually come on a podcast, share with us some things about contracts, share with us some things about actually ownership, because our number one goal here is to educate people and let them know what they should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing. So without further ado, y'all, I want to introduce my friend, my lawyer, and all-around girl boss, Dominique, attorney, Dominique Price, to Accelerate the Great. What up, Dom? Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is super dope. I love what you do, and I'm excited to... Um talk to you guys today about just overall business law basics and how you guys can protect your brands. Hey, no, I appreciate it. So for you, Dom, I know you were a lawyer at a huge company, six-figure salary, like you were doing your thing, and uh, you decided to leave. Kind of talk to me about your journey of being there, and what made you actually be like, yo, I'm out, I'm about to go do, uh, start my firm and do this full-time. Talk, talk so, me through that. Yeah, no, so I was at a very large tech company, and I made the decision to leave pretty much like kind of two parts. One, um, the major reason why I decided to leave was that I had been asked to um, head up a new department in the company that was basically going to be patent fishing, which for those that aren't in the patent game and understand intellectual property, um, patents are a form of intellectual property. You have patents, trademarks, and copyrights. Um, my expertise is trademarks, but I was asked to lead a department that was basically going to be reviewing other people's patent applications and seeing if they aligned with our business mission. And if they did, we would basically go to them and offer them a small check to take over their patent applications. And then we would file the patent application or if they were in litigation, we would kind of jump in and kind of take over for them. But what this was theoretically doing was paying people pennies um, for multi-million dollar ideas and it just didn't sit well with me because we weren't really able to share with them the magnitude of what they were really walking away from. Um, but it, the other part of why I really just um, decided to start my business, not only just to be an advocate for small business owners, was because I wanted to take back my time. I knew that I was highly skilled in an area. Um, you know, they wouldn't be paying me six figures if I wasn't really skilled in this particular area. And so I wanted to kind of bet on myself and know that I could take my expertise and make decent money. And so I kind of did the math and I realized that at what I was making at Microsoft, I could make um, with helping a few clients per month. And so I tested it out for a few months to see if there was really some um, method to the madness. And um, at the time I, I had a, a client who was a really, really great friend of mine. 
And she was like, if I could do this online game, you know, making tons of money and you're an attorney and you're a great attorney, I know you can do it too. And so with literally a month of me launching my solo practice, before I left the company, um, I was making double what I was making at Microsoft in a month. And so I was just like, okay, I can, I can really do this. Um, it definitely took a ton of like hard work, but I've literally helped thousands of people protect their intellectual property. And that means more to me than the benefits of being at a fortune 500 company. Wow. So to me, it sounds like purpose and you getting paid for the purpose. So that's always dope. And you, you're helping people, right? I always tell people, man, service to many leads to greatness. So um, I do appreciate what you're doing, one for me and just for a lot of people around the world. So let's actually get into it, Dom. Let's talk about intellectual property. Dom, I'm new to business. I don't know what an intellectual property in intellectual property is. I don't really know what it means to actually own my brand. There's a lot of entrepreneurs who just like, yo, I got a brand. But how do you own it, Dom? I want to mm. own my brand. Like, what what is intellectual property, Dom, and how do I own it? Some people just think getting a domain and getting an Instagram mean you own the brand, right? So talk us through that. Um, that's actually such an interesting question and something that you and I kind of touch on a lot is that so many people are focused on building and growing and kind of perfecting the brand. Um, but I tell people all the time, like, what's the use in pouring money and resources into protecting something that's really not yours? Um, and it's, it's like it's like we say kind of with dating, how you're perfecting this person and then the next person reaps the benefit. Um, that's literally what happens with your brand when you don't protect it. And so um, intellectual property is a term that is kind of thrown around and people don't truly understand what it is. But intellectual property are actual tangible assets that your business can own. Um, and so think of it on the realms of like everything that is like the outer appearance of your business um, can all be trademarked. So think of your business name, your influencer names, your collection names, great things that you put on t-shirts that are slogans. Um, you can even protect your colors. Think of T-Mobile's pink. You don't see that in anywhere um, else because it's actually a copyright, uh, not a copyright, but a trademarked color. Um, you then want to protect the inside of your your business contents through copyright so let's say if you're an author or if you are an online entrepreneur and you put out a ton of ebooks and courses you'll want to protect those insides of your company through a copyright um, then when we think about taking our genius to the next level and actually like being innovators we think of patents those actually protect the technical side of creating something. So think about the, the engine, the first engine that was protected through a, a patent. So a lot of people think, okay, if I'm getting ready to start an app, that means that I need a, a patent. That couldn't be farther from the truth. Nine times out of 10, when you're thinking of creating an app, these are done with different type of um, systems that go into the app. So there's not actually anything novel that's being created and new. Um, but when you think about like autonomous cars, that's brand new, that's new thinking. So those would be patents. So that's kind of a breakdown of the three main areas of intellectual property and the different assets that kind of go um, in between each one. Got you. So now I'm starting my brand off and I'm like, yo, I, I went and grabbed the LLC. I'm, I mean, I went and grabbed the, the website. I grabbed the, the domain name. I grabbed my Instagram. What's next? Like, I, is it, I jump straight to trademark. Is it LLC first corporation? Because also some people think when you get your LLC, uh, it protects you that no one in the world can use that name. So there's just a lot of misconceptions that, 
We just don't know if you're not educated or know about this. So if you have an LLC or an S Corp in your state, will that protect me uh, if someone else is using the exact same name in a different state, the next state over? That's such a good question and literally something um, that I posted and tweeted about the other day because so many people think that when you get a domain name because it was available on GoDaddy or Namecheap or whatever site you've decided to use, then that automatically means um, that it's available for use. But actually having a domain name, what it really is, is giving your business and your brand an address on the internet. That's literally all it does. Mm -hmm. um, so to actually protect your intellectual property from having other people actually use it, because just having a domain name doesn't stop anyone else from going ahead and trademarking um, the domain name or the LLC name. The only way to nationally protect your brand name so that you can ensure that no one else is using it is through actual trademark protection. Um, so you always wanna ask yourself, what, cause a lot of people think that, okay, they wanna just hurry up and, and grab a, um, they wanna hurry up and grab a trademark name. But I tell people, ask yourself, is this something that you truly see yourself growing into a, a, a real business? Is this just a hobby? Would you be upset if you've seen somebody else rocking that amazing slogan on a t-shirt? Would you be upset if you've seen somebody make hundreds of thousands of dollars off of an idea that you put out into the world? And if you're just like, hey, this is just something that I'm using right now. I don't see myself growing it anywhere. Then, hey, then maybe don't protect it. But if you know that the idea that you have has the capacity to be a multi-billion dollar brand, then you might want to protect it like the multi-billion dollar brands do. Think about it like this. The Fortune 500 uh, tech company that I used to work with they literally were employing five different attorneys to do trademark and copyright um, infringement and filing, which basically means they were spending a little bit over with benefits and all that, um, over a million dollars a year, just on not the actual protection of the intellectual property, but the filers itself. So you may think, hey, it's so expensive and it's not something that I want to invest in, but you really can't afford not to invest in it because wow. you literally could sink so much money into creating brand valuation in something only to figure out that it's actually something that you don't own um, or you get hit with a cease and desist letter and have to completely rebrand altogether. And that's gonna cost you even more. And Dom, it's funny because a lot of people are like, yo, what do it cost? And, and I think the right question to ask, I think people should ask yourself, how much is it gonna cost you if you don't do it? <laughs> like that's the question and it's literally what you and I were talking about a little bit earlier this morning I really want you to think about it like this how much money have you spent because because let me actually and I'm let's not going to use that example too Dom because I, I in the last 90 days I've spent on Facebook in ads a hundred and like thirty eight thousand dollars so wow. you on and, and that's 90 days 90 days Right. So I want you to be like, let's walk through that analogy that we talked about. What if I didn't protect just the various things I, I'm, I have going on? Yeah. So I want to use um, a slightly different um, example that I feel like is going to bring it home even more. Let's say, for example, you didn't, I know you already do, but let's say you didn't own the trademark for Circle of Greatness. Right. And you have been selling these t-shirts with Circle of Greatness on there for 
all 2019 and you've made 100K in sales with this slogan on a t-shirt. Well, let's say over here, Joanna owns the trademark for Circle of Greatness and she mm. realizes that you've been using it. She sent you a cease and desist and you're still selling the shirts because you're just like, I'm going to keep doing it until the court tells me to stop. So you actually get sued by Joanna and she's like, hey, I no longer just want a licensing fee for the use of the trademark. I now can sue you for all, all of the proceeds that you've made because you used my trademark to make this money. So that means if you've made 100K on these t-shirts, not only are you about to fork over a check for 100K, you're also gonna pay this person's lawyer fees and court costs. So you're now looking at losing about, let's say like 130. Wow. On an investment that would have, if you wanted to protect a slogan and you were actually having a good attorney do it, you're roughly, that investment would have been no more than $1,100. So you think about the risk analysis on, it would have been so much cheaper for you to just go ahead and have protected it ahead of time, as opposed to getting a cease and desist, potentially being um, sued and losing all of the proceeds that you made when you could have just reinvested after the first two weeks of sales and put that money into your trademarking and been, and been covered. Wow, that's good. So I, I want to ask you this, Don, because I think this is important. A lot of people are at the stage, Don, where they're just getting started and they don't have the money. Like, they don't got the money for the LLCs. And it's funny, one of my uh, mentees, Spurgo, Trey, I was like, yo, I want to protect the brand, right? When he first started, I'm like, I'm like, man, just wait. When do I need to legalize the brand? And this is just my opinion at the time. I'm like, man, uh, it's not a rush. Wait a month, wait a couple months, there's no rush. And my number one reason why that I always suggest people wait down because I've helped so many entrepreneurs and, and 50% of them quit in 30 days, 60 days, For 90 sure. They tapping out. So I'm like, don't go get an LLC, don't go get a trademark. Let me see if you're gonna stay sturdy in this business. So when I see you rock for 90 days, once one you still here, all right, go get your LLC, go get your trademark, go do all this. And that's, he got the LLC, he got the trademark. Now he, he owns that brand 100%, right? But I said, yo, wait, just let me make sure you gonna stick with it. Cause I see a lot of kids your age, they tap out after 60 days. Summer's over, they like, all right, entrepreneurship, back to uh, regular life, right? So my question to you is, Dom, I don't have the money, Dom. I'm like, yo, I'm trying to figure it out. Do you, when I first get my first profits, should you immediately dump that into protecting it if you believe you're going to stay with it? Or do I keep rocking out? Like when, I know I think you suggest get it almost immediately when you know, but if I don't have it, Dom, what's your suggestion for me? I respect the fact that we may not always have it and or know the knowledge to know what we need to protect. And so I tell people all the time, like you have to have, it's not a, a, a right or wrong question because if you have the money, you should protect before you even go to launch. But if you're working from a place of not having the funds to really build and grow the business, I tell people, um, I, I started off on two points. One, I don't consider your, yourself to be a real business until the IRS considers you to be a real business. And that's when you've made over $480 in your business. Um, that's actually last year's quote. It, it's gone up a little bit more. Um, but that means that if you know that you've already made 
$800 because I look at it from a doubling um, perspective. If you've made $800 in your business, that means now you now have enough to put money into recouping so that you can reinvest to get more product. But now you have enough money to go ahead and purchase a two, $300 LLC from your local secretary of state. Now, if you're not comfortable filing one on your own, it will be a little bit more expensive, especially if you go through an attorney or if you go through another site to do it. But if you were, if you were really serious and you wanted to do it on your own, you could file your LLC on your own for a few hundred dollars. Now you have another, let's say two, to decide, okay, I'm gonna now reinvest that into marketing or into ads, but you've reinvested in actually protecting yourself. And that's how you should think about it if you're coming from a place of, I don't have it to do now. What I see a lot of times is that people will get comfortable in that stage of, I don't have it now, and they'll continue to reinvest their money in marketing, but won't reinvest into legal. And so they'll get to a place where, oh, now I've made almost a million dollars and I see another company trying to put out a line that's exactly like mine, now what? Well, now what, it's too late because they've already put it out. So now we can limit how they're able to put it out. We can prove that you were the first to go to market, but you didn't do what the law has said is the one simple thing that they want you to do so that they can be the big bad guys, which is going ahead and actually filing to protect yourself. So really look at it like if it's going to cost $1,000 for me to trademark my business, my goal is to make $2,000, you know? Never do it to a place where it's going to put you to the point where you can't operate your business because that would be on smart. Of course, the lawyer in me wants to say, do it immediately and even do it if you have to borrow money because that's how important it is. But I also understand being a new entrepreneur and not wanting to put yourself at a detriment just to accelerate down the, down the end. So I get that, but it should be a balance in that. Wow, that's a lot of value right here, Don. That's, that's, that's a whole lot of value. Um, and I, I'm just grateful. I hope you guys are getting all these notes and taking taking this in on this podcast today because Dom is literally uh, bringing a fire. Have you seen, I know, and we talked previously about just some things that have happened where people didn't have their stuff protected. Can we do a few uh, maybe case studies or some maybe some people who you know like man they potentially lost this or this happened because they didn't have theirs or they possibly missed out on this do you have a uh idea yeah um so first of all you guys should all follow me on instagram dominique p underscore esq i do like a ton like literally at least once a week i try to do an example um for those that follow me because i think it does help to have real world examples so you can understand like Okay, it sounds good, Dominique, you're an attorney, so of course this is something you're beating down my head, but how does it really work in commerce out here in the game? Um, so let's even just look at some big names that we've seen this summer. So um, Cardi B, we all know, I wish I could say it, but I can't say occur in her like tone to save my life. I've really tried, but I can't. We're going um, and try it, going and try it. I can't, we're not even going to go there. It's, it's not jokes time, okay? So Cardi B, as you guys know, she's been popular for, let's say, the last three years mainstream. Um, and that's a catchphrase of hers that she has had the entire time that she's been out. But she didn't think, she didn't think to trademark it until she heard Khloe Kardashian using it on Keeping Up With The Kardashians. Now, why is this interesting? Be did you ever notice that, you know, 10 years ago, you never heard anybody actually use the Happy Birthday song on TV? 
it's because they actually had to pay a licensing fee to use the happy birthday song every time it was played, which wow. was, I think, close to like a few thousand dollars every time you heard it on TV. Well, when you own a trademark to a slogan, it's the same thing. People have to pay you to use it. So she got the bright idea, oh crap, this is now hit mainstream, I should go ahead and protect it. And so now she's going through the process of protecting it, but now you've seen it on Jimmy Fallon, you've seen it in movies, you've heard other celebrities use it, and she wasn't able to um, maximize that and monetize the use of that at the beginning because she didn't actually own it to require someone to pay, pay, pay her for it. So now she's in the process of protecting it, but it's kind of like when you're sitting down and you're doing a legal audit with a professional um, brand protector, those are little things that they're gonna pick up on like, hey, I noticed this on your social media, it's getting a lot of traction, you should go ahead and follow, um, protect it because sometimes you just honestly don't know um, what are, um, IP assets within your business that you should actually protect. She just thought it was something funny that she was saying. And so I say that to say for that example, make sure that you're really um, doing a good analysis of the, the different assets within your business and your brand that could be something that you can monetize because slogans are a great way to monetize um, trademarks. Um, another really, really great example, if you've been following me this week, I was talking about Virgil, um, who is the owner and designer for Off-White. I think this is a really, really interesting case because I've told you guys on several occasions that I, I had a client who was presented with a licensing deal from Forever 21. And in that process, she ended up literally almost losing her brand because there were certain um, things that she agreed to in the contract that were giving them rights to her intellectual property because she didn't go ahead and um, protect herself ahead of this agreement. Um, so when you look at the situation with Virgil and Off-White, he went ahead before he even presented this deal um, to, to the, the company, the, the British fashion house that helps him with Off-White. He went ahead and protected his trademarks ahead of time, which means when he leaves this deal, he walks away with it with his intellectual property, which is a huge brand evaluation. You got to think um, companies like Apple, their, their businesses outside of just the tech that they own and they operate in their patents is worth billions of dollars, which means if they were to rebrand completely and just sell the name Apple, they could sell the business name and trademark for Apple over $50 billion. That's a lot of money just for a trademark. Yeah. Um, then you have, then you have, uh, you know, stories like Drea from Basketball Wives who, had a multi-million dollar um, bikini line and didn't trademark it and got into an argument with another girl and she had on her petty lawyer boots. And so she decided um, to trademark it behind Drea's back and got very far in the application process to the point where Drea literally had to get attorneys involved to, you know, get to win the trademark application back. And of course she was able to do, you know, everything she needed to do to win the trademark, but that was literally thousands of dollars. Yeah. yeah, it's time and effort where that could have turned out very differently from her for her. She could have it could have been a competitor, which competitors do that all the time, which then they'll send you a cease and desist and say, hey, you have to stop, you know, operating under this branding. You have to completely change it. It literally happens every day. I send out probably six to ten cease and desist letters every single week um, from people improperly using other people's intellectual property. Um, and so while you may be thinking like, okay, well, 
Dom, I'm overwhelmed. What exactly in my business needs to be trademarked or copyrighted? And I'll tell you this, anything in your business that is going to make over $1,000 this year from a name perspective or an asset perspective, so that means logos, that means slogans, that means your packaging, um, that means um, any type of courses or um, eBooks, those things need to be protected ASAP. And then now if you add in like funny other names that are going to be like one-offs and maybe not be that big, those are things that you can protect later down the road, but you need to make sure that you have your core assets protected first and foremost. That's good. Whoa. Ooh, that's a lot of heat right here. So let's talk about licensing. You know, mm -hmm. one of my goals, uh, you know, as we talk, is to like to do some licensing deals. Can you tell us what licensing is? Um, can you tell us what licensing is and how can someone go about it? Um, a lot of times people think Trump owns a bunch of hotels. All he really did was license his name to these specific hotels because he built his brand so strong that now they can use his name in exchange for a fee. Can we talk about licensing? And if someone was to want to license, uh, just say a, they want to license out what they're doing, what would be the steps to doing something like that? Um, yeah, I, using Trump as much as we can all like rub our heads at the mention of his name, um, Trump has done a really, really amazing job at licensing the intellectual property in just his brand name itself. Um, and this is actually something that you could do you know in the next few years as well because when anyone creates a certain reputation within an industry plus they've trademarked it it now allows their um, pr team to go to different companies and say hey there's a brand trust within this intellectual property and we'll allow you to put it on you know whether for trump's case a hotel or um or how you see uh, celebrities endorse other type of products is because they are now getting paid a fee for other people to use their IP. It's the, it, that's literally what a licensing agreement is. It's you are giving someone access to your intellectual property for a particular amount of time or in perpetuity, which means forever. Um, when we think about, um, I'm trying to think of a really good licensing deal. So when we think about like even broadcasting rights, those are all licensing deals. So the NBA allows, um, what is it, TBS to play basketball games. They're licensing the use of the NBA name to TBS just to be able to use on that one particular night. TBS has to pay the NBA a crazy amount of money, you guys would be surprised, but a crazy amount of money each time just the each time you guys not a full contract but each time that the nba name and logo appears on tbs they literally are paying the nba um an, an undisclosed amount of money that's what we want to get our brands to um is to the point where people are coming to us to put it on other stuff um think about um the the home goods seal they're literally a magazine company, but now they make millions of dollars each each month by putting the home goods seal on other products because they now have a reputation of saying, hey, we thoroughly look at all of these different type of products for our clients. So if you see our seal, you should feel safe to be able to go ahead and buy these products as well. That's a really great licensing deal on literally something that 
is so unrelated to what this company's bottom line is. They're literally a magazine company for women, but because they now have this huge audience that trusts them, they're able to sell their name to put on other products as being safe. So that's a really good, um, a really good example of a licensing deal. And I know a ton of people always ask like, hey, I'm so afraid to share my ideas, even if it is getting down the line of like licensing something with another company. And I tell people all the time, you should never be afraid to share your ideas if you've done your due diligence in protecting them one, but then two, even if you haven't protected protected them there's certain things that you can do as far as like writing out the business outline so that it's it's already someplace so that when you meet with this particular investor or this company you now at least have a um a paper trail of saying hey this was something that was outlined and designed prior to xyz meeting i now have proof to show what i was supposed to talk about in xyz meeting as long as you have a paper trail you should you it should ease your worry a little bit in being afraid um that somebody is going to steal your intellectual property Ooh, that's a lot of heat huh man i hope y'all paying attention this podcast is street fire today um Next time, I want to talk about contracts. I know you're big on contracts. I know you're big on putting things on paper and not just totally verbally. So let's talk about like contracts. What are some components of a contract? Do I write my own contracts? Do I have to have a lawyer for every contract? I want to know what should I and what shouldn't I have a lawyer for? You know what I mean? First of all, you should have a lawyer for everything. I just want gotcha. to put that out there. The gotcha. way that the world works, you constantly are in need of legal advisement at this at this stage. So I think we should always get to a place where even if we don't have an attorney on retainer, we have an attorney in a few different areas because one attorney is not going to be able to answer all of your questions. Just like on speed dial and Rolodex because we all need good counsel. Um, so I'll say that to start there. But I understand that we're not all in a place where we can afford to have, you know, a, an attorney on retainer for thousands of dollars a month. Um, but the, as a business owner, there's certain things within a contract that we just should be very well versed in understanding so that when it comes across our desk, I at least know from a, a top level view that if these five things are wrong, the whole contract should just be thrown out because you haven't even met me at the, the basic understanding of what the agreement it was supposed to be. And so I tell people all the time, um, when as a business owner, you really need to understand five um, key terms of a contract. And the first is, I know this is going to sound funny, it's back to like the SATs, when, the, when they said if you just put your name down on the paper, you get like 400 points, you would be surprised at how many people do not put the correct title, business name, legal name, addresses on a contract. You, you would think that this would be a no-brainer, but the first and first and foremost, um, you always want to make sure that the contracted names are correct in the header of the contract. The second thing you want to make sure is that it's being properly dated. Did you, are you starting this agreement on the first, but you actually have went through the contract six times and you did, you're not going to actually sign it until the 30th of the month? That's something that needs to be updated and a lot of times people overlook. Um, the second thing, once you realize that the dates are correct, is you want to make sure that the term is correct. This is so, so critical. A lot of the contracts that you'll just download off the internet do not have um, your particular term agreements already in there. So a lot of the templated contracts that you're just um, 
the, a lot of the templated contracts that you just see offline won't even have like the term um, defined in the contract, which basically means that this contract could go on forever, like especially in management contracts. You never want to get into a place where you have an agreement that lasts forever. Um, this was just a situation with uh, that that tennis phenom who beat Serena. I can't think of her name. I apologize. She's too phenomenal for me not to know her name. Sharapova, I think, right? I can't even confirm or deny because it literally is not bringing a bell to me. But her manager had had her sign, um, and I think she's like 16 or 17, but her manager had had her sign an agreement that basically he would be getting a portion of her proceeds from tennis forever because he helped create her swing. Um, you never want to get into an agreement where you don't have an out forever. Even if, a, even if an agreement is gonna last you for 10 years, you always want within a year of that agreement there to be a way for you to get out of it. Um, which brings me into my fourth point about you always, always, always wanna make sure that you understand what the cancellation um, or termination clauses for that particular contract. Can you cancel? If you cancel, doesn't mean you're gonna get some of your money back. If the other person cancels, will you retain their money? Um, if you don't have this outlined in an agreement, the court will look at what the industry standards are, which could be completely adjacent to what your um, belief systems are for your business. Um, and then the fifth thing that every single business owner should be very, very well versed at in looking at their contracts is the governing law. I can't tell you how many people that get agreements offline overlook this. And this is how I can always tell if you had a canned agreement or if you actually um, updated it yourself. Because I want to say it's not that I'm saying that you shouldn't use templated contracts. I sell templated contracts. But the key is that you need to also have an outline of what you need to change in the particular agreement. And so the fifth thing that I tell people to watch out for is the governing law. A lot of times when you look at these contracts, it may say, hey, this contract is going to be governed by Maryland law. Well, Maryland business law is completely different than California business law. And so if I'm doing business in California, but this contract now stipulates that we're going to be governed by Maryland law, one, I'm going to now have to fly to Maryland to, um, to litigate this contract, which could be egregious for any entrepreneur who's located in California to get all the way to Maryland. But then secondly, you're now going to adhere to um, the Maryland laws, which could really, really put your business at a horrible place, but it also can cause the entire agreement to be invalidated if both parties aren't from Maryland, neither parties have businesses in Maryland. When you take that to a court, they're going to say, hey, you guys weren't even smart enough to go through this contract to make sure that it was governed in your particular area. So a, a judge could throw the entire contract out, which could lead you in a really, really horrible place. Um, so again, just to run through those top five things that all entrepreneurs should be very well versed at when reading a contract is one, making sure that the contract contacts are actually correct. Two, making sure that the dates are right in the agreement. Three, making sure that the term is completely outlined. Four, making sure that you have a cancellation slash termination policy in there. And then fifth is making sure that the governing law is correct. I know that was a mouthful when asking about contracts, but you don't know how, like, I look at contracts daily and I'm just sit there and I'm just like, you could potentially lose your business right now all because you didn't have somebody take a few hundred dollars and look over this agreement. Wow. So really quick, did, not really quick, but did the tennis young lady get out of that agreement or no? They're still in litigation, actually, and they probably will be for a while. She's definitely going to probably have to pay him royalties for an undisclosed time period. Wow.
because they're, they're because the way that the court looks at it is you had and this happens a lot especially with entrepreneurs um you had all the opportunity in the world to review this contract before you decided to sign it and so the cool and bad thing about contract law is that if you've taken the time to sit down and put some things on paper the courts have decided that you must have truly meant it and so they're going to adhere to the the, the four corners of that agreement as much as they possibly can and if you yourself don't even know what's inside of it how can you attest to potentially be protected um because so many people are like well i have a contract so i should be protected and i'm like well your contract was for dog walking and you were trying to actually purchase a dog. You know, little things like that, you'd be surprised. Wow, so it's really, it takes it back to paying attention to the fine details and more importantly, it sounds like making sure you're seeking wise counsel. It really does, but also understanding that, hey, I've been there before I was ever an attorney. So let me back up in my story. So I got my undergrad degree in public relations with a double major in legal studies and a minor in marketing. Your girl had all the time for school. Um, but because I knew I was going to take some time off from undergrad to getting into law school because I knew I wanted to travel and volunteer for a little bit, I knew I still needed a way to make money. So for that year and a half in between undergrad and law school, I did PR. And so again, you guys, this is before law school days. And so I ended up getting a really big client and she was phenomenal. Um, and I didn't have, I think I got an agreement offline that I just got on Google. So it was two pages and she signed it and I was like, boom, boom, bam, this is going to be Gucci. So a year and a, about, I would say nine to a year into the agreement, she ended up needing to terminate the agreement. But the the way in my mind I thought the agreement was set up, I was like, oh, well, you can cancel, but you still like run me my coins because I've already done all the work. But the way that the agreement was set up that I had gotten offline, it didn't speak to her canceling. So because there was no cancellation provision, I had to let her out of this contract, which I ended up doing over, I think I probably done about $87,000 worth of work. And at the time she had only paid me um, for half of that work. And so I ended up losing a ton of money because of a contract I got offline. Um, and so it's like, I don't say these things to scare you. I say it because I've been there as a business owner prior to having any type of legal knowledge. And at the end of the day, you only know what you know. You're really, really great at marketing. That doesn't make you really, really great at law. I'm really, really great at law. I suck at marketing, but now that I'm connected to really amazing people, I now can pick up a phone or I can call and be like, hey, how much would you charge me for X, Y, Z? Because I may not need your help today, but the way my business is going, I'm going to eventually need your help. And so that's what I try to tell people. I don't care if you need this information right now. I pray it stays in the back of your mind so that when you get that billion dollar contract that comes across your desk, you don't just get so money hungry and excited that you just sign it and sign your life rights away, but that you actually take a step back and be like, wow this person is willing to offer me a million dollars for my intellectual property, I probably should have the forethought to sit down with somebody who is of a wiser counsel than me when it comes to contracts and just make sure that I'm protected. Because if they're offering me this money now, it'll be there in two weeks when I've had somebody review it. Wow. That's good. That's, ooh, man, it's a, uh, and it's funny, like when Dom is that person, like I'm, I'm okay with marketing. I'm okay with business. But law, I'm on the phone with her like, hey, can you uh, review this for me? Look, this is what we got going on. 
you got to understand your strengths and your weaknesses and understand it's okay with not being good in all of those areas. Don went to law school. That ain't me. I don't even want to focus on that. Like, huh, here's the contracts. This is what we need. Can you set this up? So I think everything you're saying is just really spot on. And I'm happy you touched on the contracts because you, I, I didn't know any of those things about a contract, actually. So I'm happy that you kind of broke those down in great detail. I think that will be very helpful for just all of us who's just tuning into the podcast. Um, and the biggest thing that I really take away from this uh, is just protect your brand, protect your IP, man. That intellectual property is super duper important. And I don't think you, Dom, I don't think you really can guess if your stuff will blow up or not. I don't think no one's a, a magician. Like I remember vividly at the time it was my fiance. We used to watch Cardi B like on Instagram, like, yo, this girl's like, like she's silly. Like I, this is, I think she was working at a club. I would never think right now, she's a, a, a superstar. I'm talking about world renowned star. And I'm talking about three years ago, we looking at her as like, yo, she just silly dog. I don't know. Like months later, blow up. Boom. So a lot of you all, I need you here. You're going to blow up at some point in time. You're going to, your, your brand is going to grow up. You're going to build that million dollar brand yet billion dollar brand. Is it going to be protected? I don't think when JK Rowling was homeless writing Harry Potter, she ever thought it would become Harry Potter. What Harry Potter is now. I don't think Tyler Perry, I was watching on Instagram that when you're in his city, when you're getting off the highway, it says Tyler Perry studios on the highway. I don't mm-hmm. think when he was broke down that he was, and creating all these movies that he would envision he's here now. So I just think it's when you're protecting yourself also, Dom, I believe you're believing in your future. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're saying something to yourself like, yo, I'm going to be something years from now. I'm going to be this big name. So now I'm going to make sure I do the proper provisions to protect more stuff because I know, like you said, I, when you said it, she said, I see in a few years, like how Trump may have his name on something. I see that now. And, and and I'm I'm standing in agreement in, in agreement with that. So uh, before we bring this to a close, anything else that is helpful that you think could help our budding entrepreneurs, our growing entrepreneurs? Because there are people right now who's already growing companies and they don't have anything protected. So I think now is the time. If you got the money, go protect those things that you got going on. I think I would just leave the group with with very little because I think I've already said a yeah, ton. Um, Every idea is not going to grow up and be a king, but it might be a prince. And in that realm, it's always good to just go ahead and protect it anyways, because you may not decide that you're going to take this brand to the next level. But if it was catchy enough for you to think that it could be somebody, somebody else nine times out of 10 is going to think that it's catchy as well. And so even if you don't see something going far, think about the resale value. I have a ton of friends in the 90s who made a ton of money by just sitting on domain names and selling them later because they knew that they could be worth something. I always say uh, there's a a young kid who purchased the domain pizza.com. He had no interest in the world in ever, you know, doing anything with it, but he sat on it. And so he was able to get one of the largest pizza chains in the world to purchase it for him because he sat on it for years. He sat on it for years before somebody was like, you know what, I could actually do something with that. Let me break you off a little bit of bread. 
And that's what I'm talking about. You may not see where something's going to go eventually, but if you think it could be something, do your due diligence and go ahead and protect it because what you don't want to see happen is your brand blow up and you're not profiting from it whatsoever. Wow. Ooh, that's good. That's good. And guys, I think we're going to pretty much bring this podcast to a wrap. It was fire, Don. What I would like you to do, and if you all listen to my podcast, one thing that I personally don't do rarely ever is sell on the podcast ever and we're probably not going to start but dom is my personal lawyer so i do want her to drop her information uh whether i heard you say dom you got some templates i want you to kind of talk briefly about the different ways that you can service people here whether where they are whether they need a lawyer or retainer someone on your firm whether they need templates that you got just talk to me quickly about some of the ways that people can uh, get your services and how can they get services and how they can find you. I think that'll be helpful. And guys, yeah, I, sure. don't it's so funny. Power. I don't share my high power people like who in the tuck that I really need, but sharing is caring. So Don, go ahead and let the people know. It's so funny. Um, I, I, I really appreciate you. I don't take it lightly when people put me in front of their audience because I know how important that is. Um, I understand that everyone is not at a place where they're where you're at, where you're like, hey, I actually have somebody who's on retainer for me. Um, and in knowing that, I still wanted to create things that even the the novice entrepreneur will be able to benefit from. And so, first and foremost, you should really just understand what are the different. Um, legalities of you doing your business. So I put together a toolkit that really just kind of walks you through um, what are some of the different things that you can do on your own, bless you, um, from a from a, a protection standpoint. So making sure that your website policies are together, making sure that if you need certain disclaimers in your business that they're actually there and present. Um, also walking through some of the main contracts that every single entrepreneur needs, regardless of industry, like an NDA, an independent contractor agreement, making sure you know how to send cease and desist letter and takedown notices. So I put all of that in a toolkit. And so if that is something that you guys are interested in, you can go over to bit.ly slash the toolkit. Um, and again, that's bit.ly slash the toolkit. And if you've been listening to this and you're, no, you're like, Dominique, this was the push that I needed to get my trademark started, you can head over to bit.ly slash my trademark and we can get that started as well. But I really could care less if you guys decide to hire me or not. I just want you guys to know this information so now you guys can go out there and start looking for your own resources if need be. But the key is to have the information because what you don't know in this business can really, really hurt you from a brand protection perspective. Wow, that's good. And let them know how they can follow you on Instagram, please. Yes, um, I give a ton, a ton of like just free legal tips. If you ever wanna catch another one of these live Q and A's, you guys can. Um, my Instagram is D-O-M-O-N-I-Q-U-E-P underscore E-S-Q. So that's Dominique P underscore E-S-Q. You guys can take a look at my site, which is DominiquePrice.com. All of this stuff can be found in my Instagram bio. But just promise me, you guys, that now that you know this information, you're on the clock. So share it with somebody else. Um, make sure that you're understanding and taking heed to it yourself. Because literally the information that Neo and I talked about today could be the difference between your brand making a few hundred thousand to making a million dollars. Wow. And, and just to recap, uh, did you say that toolkit is like done for you? Like not done for you, but like I can go print these out, like 
edit some stuff and I could send my own cease and desist if someone yes. infringes on my stuff? Yes, you literally, I literally not only walk you through like um, what you need to add, so how you tweak it for yourself, but you literally print it out and you can start sending out cease and desist letters. And I literally created it for those who are at the place where they're just like, hey, I believe in brand protection, but I can't get legal counsel just yet. Wow. Woo. And one more time, Dom, uh, drop your IG. And again, I'm going to plug everything below you guys in iTunes and in YouTube in the show notes from the websites to her Instagram. But drop it one more time if you don't mind, because I don't want anybody to miss it. And guys, when you go follow, say, yo, I, I just heard you on Neo's podcast. I want Dom to be like, yo, and a lot came from the podcast. So I want people to hear it. So Dom, drop your No, eyes. of course. I, I absolutely love uh, your audience. So again, my Instagram is D-O-M-O-N-I-Q-U-E-P underscore E-S-Q. That's Dominique P underscore E-S-Q. And my website is www.dominiqueprice.com. And I'm always willing to help. If you guys have questions, you guys can shoot me a DM. If there's a topic that you're like, hey, I'd love for you to tap into more, just shoot me a comment on IG and I'll try and incorporate it into a live. Yep, let's go. So with that being said, y'all, we're going to pretty much bring this podcast to an end. I hope you guys got a lot of value as I did. I was trying to take notes, uh, but luckily I can go back and listen to it over and over and over again. And uh, that's my goal here on the podcast. I literally want you to accelerate the grade. I understand an hour of time costs thousands and just the idea that she's willing to come on the podcast and just kind of share with us like, one, what she what she probably knew when she started and what we, most of us don't, will never know because no one's out here just genuinely just giving this type of information. So again, this is why I personally get some of the best people in the world. This is why I personally get some of the best people in the world. And uh, this time I got to bring my actual lawyer in. So again, y'all, thank y'all so much for tuning in to another episode of Accelerate the Great. We appreciate you. We value you. And uh, continue to accelerate, continue to believe in yourself. And remember, go protect your brand. Have an incredible day, y'all. We out.